welcome to this episode of Myth and Stories. It is episode eight of the Book of Sorrows, correct? Yep. All right, guys, take it away and have a good time. Thank you. That was that was our guest introducer, Mystic Penguin Fifteen, uh, the lovely and talented. Uh, I have I have to say that as a disclaimer because she is my wife, and if I don't say it, I will be killed, and there will be no more myths and stories. No, it'll just uh, be myths. Yeah. It'll just be myths. That's all it'll be. No, no stories, just myths. Um, the Rasputin shot the traveler. Yeah, that'll be the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, uh, don't put that on me. <laughs> it's just, it's... <laughs> Boy, we're starting off good on this one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, well, welcome back, us. Um, we we had to we had to take a quick break because I had to take a trip to California, and I am now back in the lovely state of Iowa as cold and frigid as it is and i love it um and we are moving on to part eight of books of sorrow we are this is this is the this is the the i i I don't want to say this is like the meat of it but this is definitely like the heaviest part of it i think is is this is this we're hoping it we're hoping to get through it tonight yeah Uh, this this may be the last part of books of sorrow um yeah. But yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think we'll at least get through all of the verses or or the last of the verses of Books of Sorrow tonight. Um, there's a little bit of uh, auxiliary lore that feeds directly into it that we want to go over. Uh, we'll see if we get to that tonight or if that'll be the the first part of the next one. Who knows? Um, it might be like our bonus content next week. Yeah, maybe so. But to give a little recap for uh, us, as well as anyone that maybe yes. uh, hasn't listened for a week, um, the last couple verses we went over were uh, in regards to Quoria, uh, who was a Vex mind that had invaded Oryx's throne world when uh, Crota cut a hole between dimensions i guess for lack of a better term um and let the vex in uh coria learned could, could we say realities i i don't know if realities is quite dimensions probably isn't isn't good either space and time i think that's okay. most accurate space and time um oh we could we could bring it back to petra's analogy and say he cut between the coins yeah yeah or or yeah he made a bridge between two coins between the ascendant plane yeah. and the plane that the Vex existed on. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you like them apples? There you go. Uh, <laughs> so Coria learned what the sword logic was, or at least learned that the hive gained power through it, um, through this kind of religious devotion to the sword logic, developed religious tendencies within its little sub, you know, group of Vex. Uh, to try and beat the hive by becoming, you know, through the sword logic, by becoming powerful through the sword logic. Uh, needless to say, Oryx... Still, that still blows my mind. It's crazy, that yeah. like, developed a re- like religious tactics and, and employed them. Like, that, mm-hmm. it, that's still mind-blowing to me. It is. It's cool, honestly. Uh, and we don't know when this happened in the grand timeline of of the destiny universe uh, i would like to believe that maybe this happened um 
I, early, or, or I would say, I would like to believe this happened pre Vex in the Black Garden, and that Quoria learning religious tactics and uploading that to the Vex hive mind Ooh. is what allowed the the soul was it the soul divisive soul Pretoriate yes um yep in the Black Garden to know what religion was enough to develop their own source of of worship to the the heart the black heart there uh now there's there's a theory that has some legs i I like that idea yeah so um regardless coria lost because oryx came home and there was no beating him not not (laughs) not in his own house especially uh but he didn't whose house (laughs) orx's house yeah no that's totally what happened yeah but he didn't kill quoria he took quoria and but left a little bit of free will there uh and then gifted which we still we still don't have a true reason why he did like why he left that little bit of free will because everything about being taken is like you serve me 100 percent. like you have no will your own and the the fact that he left her a little bit of, like that's it's it's intriguing to me like why would Oryx do that? Well, I think maybe because of what he did with Coria, which was gift it to Sabathun. And this was him leaving Coria enough free will to potentially become a problem or become or be not completely controllable. Uh might have been his way of you know sharpening savathun quote unquote by nature of giving her something say, that, by the sword that could yeah you know harm her potentially in the future um yeah the, i like the I, screwed it's, up like, it's like a it i was going to say it's like a two-part thing right it's like it, it's like i'm going to give you this thing that can potentially kill you and and end you forever which by nature of sword logic means that you were not meant to exist mm-hmm. or it's going to get you it's going to make you stronger by you defeating it and therefore proving sword logic right. It's it's it it's it's very interesting sword logic is. It it's very uh self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so that interaction happened between Oryx and Sabathun and Coria and then we get this little excerpt from Shivu Arath uh as they are uh waging war against um this group called the Harmony. Uh, which is where the traveler is currently, um, kind of stationed is is on this home world of the Harmony, this the civilization called the Harmony, uh, and they talk about a couple of interesting things here. So they refer to it as the traveler instead of a traveler, how it was referred to earlier in the Books of Sorrow, which could mean a number of things. We did talk about that last episode. Um, yep. It also refers to. Uh, the fact that the traveler created uh, a singularity and an accretion disk, which is like a disk of energy that surrounds usually a black hole. Um, and that the traveler had given the harmony uh, this thing that they were calling the gift mast, which was essentially a way for them to fire the accretion disk as a weapon. Uh, and needless to say, the, the hive want that. 
Um, of course. It, and they're trying to just you know, like every other terribly. every other powerful civilization that they've come across. They're just like, well, how can we kill it and to make it part of us to make us stronger? Right. Uh, the other bit, the, the very last bit of verse 5-3, this was uh, where Sivu Arath was talking, she refers to dragons. Specifically, she says, our gods should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I would shut them all in cells. Uh, and I know we talked at length about that last episode. Oh, my God, yes. That these dragons may very well be referring these to the Ahamkara. Um, and we Quite have... possibly the home uh, mm-hmm. system. Yeah. Of the Ahamkara. Because this is the first harmony. mentioning of them, as far as I'm aware. Yep. I... Uh, this is the first mentioning of them in Hive uh, uh, history. Yes. Yep. Um, so I think I, I think that's an important thing to note mm-hmm. there, too. Because, again, when every time we try to... Every time we cover the lore here, we're always trying to create these timelines and, and try to say, oh, well, maybe this is what happened with, with this. And um, we had a really good uh, breakthrough uh, with that when we were talking about uh, the last days on Kraken Mare, uh, the Titan, the colony on Titan. And there's a singularity that happened. And we theorized that that singularity that caused Titan to stretch and, and elongate and then collapse back into a sphere shape uh, we theorized that that was the same singularity that uh, Marasov could have been mm-hmm. the privy to when when she booped the darkness and it was <laughs> and it was encompassing the her her ship. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I I I like that we're trying to we're trying to create not not just not just a we're not just covering the the timeline of the hive we're trying to cover like the entirety of destiny and and get all these puzzle pieces in line with each other to where they all kind of fit together mm-hmm. so i think that is an important thing to say that this is the first time that dragons slash ahamkaras have been mentioned in all of uh hive history yes. specifically yeah um yeah, no that that is that is good to point out because they've been encountered at different points in the Destiny timeline by the various races. Um so yeah. But that leads us into the first verse that we're going to start with tonight, which is verse 5/4. Um still very much focused around uh the harmony and the harmony system and the gift mast weapon. Uh and it goes into some interesting territory here as we get towards the end of verse five uh which is the last verse in the books of sorrow so five four goes as such the gift mast it towers above this star system like a monument to treason it beams with silver light it sings a radio lullaby made of soothing lies In its light live the harmony, and they are now our prey. Now arrives Shivu Arath at the head of her armada. She fights the harmony for fifty years with strategies and discipline. But the harmony turn to dragon wishes, and their wishful bishops wrestle Shivu in the ascendant plane. Shivu falls into deadlock. Next arrives Savathun flanked by her chorus and her celebrants. They trick their way onto Anaharmony in disguises so that they might vivisect these dragons. 
The worm, our God, laughs and laughs. For a hundred years, Savathun keeps secret covens among the harmony. But first of all was Oryx, whose brood grew in secret places in the rubble of the accretion disk. The first navigator sends rocks and comes to crash into the Harmony worlds so that the Harmony fleet will be disarrayed. He sends cedars to infiltrate the Harmony worlds with his broods. Here at the center of the fifth book, the hive has grown so mighty that it has made the annihilation of all false life routine. Shivu Arath kills the wishful bishops, and the Savathun achieves some secret purpose, and Oryx's court tears down the gift mast. The Harmony people wail in terror, and they throw themselves into the silver lakes of Anna Harmony to drown. Come, saith Oryx, eat of the gift mast, for I am a generous god. Of its pieces I claim only two out of every five. The mast is full of the light of the traveler. It is full of the marrow taste of sky. All who eat of it are filled with the ecstatic certainty that they serve a great and necessary purpose. Then saith Savathun, Siblings, listen, we must part ways a while, so that we may grow different. She flies her war moons into the black hole. Her throne becomes distant. Saith Shivuarath, King Oryx, you take up too much space. Your power constrains too many choices. I must go away from you. She flies her war moons away into the night. Her throne is barred shut. Then Oryx was alone. He spent a while in thought. And those thoughts are recorded here. So that's the end of 5.4. Uh, a few things picked up on right away. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> towards the beginning there, pretty much just confirms what we already thought. Uh, yeah. The harmony turned to dragon wishes and their wishful bishops wrestle Shivu in the ascendant plane. Now, I think what they're saying here is that uh, that the wishful bishops, that from the feeling that I get, is that those are the people making wishes to the dragons, not necessarily that the dragons yep. themselves are invading the ascendant planes. Um, yep, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. And and that's very the way that that is is to me at least interpreted. That's very uh, um, in line with everything that we've seen with them. Like the dragons themselves don't necessarily. They, they're not like a genie where it's like, I wish for a million dollars and they go poof and a million dollars appears. Mm -hmm. It's the, the desires of things around them. And it's, and it's not just like, it's not just like a, like a, Oh, I desire that cheesecake. It's like, it's, it's like your innermost deepest desires. And so if the people of Harmony's most innermost deepest desires was to be rid of this invading force, that's where the magic, that's where the wish magic comes into play. Yep. Um, but apparently it wasn't enough. Uh, you know, the wish, that's wish, mind blowing. Yeah. Wish magic is paracausal, but so are the hive at this point. Yeah. Um, and we don't know. And especially, especially, uh, uh, Oryx. Yes. Like he, he is yep. 
like the power to take is is the most paracausal thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's interesting is that we don't know what Savathun discovered during this time period. Uh, so it it says. Savathun, flanked by chorus and celebrants, uh, trick their way onto Anna Harmony in disguises so that they may vivisect these dragons. The worm, our god, laughs and laughs, which again just lends credence to the worms and the Ahamkara are old yep. enemies. Um, 100%. 100%. And it says, for a hundred years, Savathun keeps secret covens among the Harmony. I. Uh, and then later, it says, Savathun achieves some secret purpose. So. The book, the the author of the Book of Sorrow, or this chapter of the Book of Sorrow, doesn't know what Savathun was doing during these hundred years, um, but she achieved some secret while she was studying these dragons amongst the the people of the Harmony. Um, we don't know. Do you what. think she could have? I was going to say, do you think she? It, man, there's there's a lot there to be. So theorized about I'm going to I'm going to theorize a little bit based on what we know okay. about Savathun's motivations currently uh and okay. what we know of uh the use of Ahamkara by another interested party which was the nine um so if we are to assume okay. that this is the first time that the hive have come across the Ahamkara and the first time that the hive have dealt with paracausal wish magic from the Ahamkara. And we know, uh, even it was earlier in verse 5, Savathun was starting to express some doubts around the sword logic and the serving of the worms. Um, You know, and and she went to Oryx with those doubts, and he kind of, you know, he's, he's invested now. Uh, right. Where Savathun sounded very much like she wasn't sure that they were on the 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 best path anymore. The winning side, like that. Yeah. I, I hate to call it the winning side, but I think best path is is a better way to word it. So if we know she had doubts already, and now they've come across another paracausal entity that is not the traveler, even though the traveler was helping these people, um. The dragons, the, the Ahamkara, they never make a direct connection between the Ahamkara and the Traveler. Um, just that That's they true. both happen to be in the same place. Uh, Savathun... Which then, which then questions, to me, questions a little bit of how much of the Ahamkara, Ahamkara are of the light, mm-hmm. whereas like we know the worms are of the dark. Yeah. Uh, which now Savathun goes to Harmony under disguise to study these wish dragons that have paracausal powers. Maybe this was her first attempt to try and find another way than the worms to continue survival through wish magic in this case. Uh, I like that idea. Why I think that's a uh, possibility is because we saw the, the nine do the same exact thing. So not to get too far into the weeds with the nine, but they are essentially the consciousness. You know, we never tangent. Yeah. They are the consciousness of the celestial bodies in our solar system. Um, and they desire corporeal forms. They, they desire to be uh, not tied to the fate of their planet for survival anymore. 
Um, cause if whatever planet they're, you know, a part of, uh, loses life or is destroyed, they, they go with it. And yep. the nine originally were trying to figure out how to use Ahamkara wish magic to wish themselves into corporeal existence. Uh, now that, that plan never reached fruition because the guardians, uh, right. went and murdered them all. Um, yeah. So, but we've seen that same line of, of thinking with the nine and I would not be surprised at all if Sabathun was like, Oh, they've got paracausal abilities and they're not subservient to worms. I want to know yeah. how so that I can try There's and no- do that. I was going to say, there's no feeding going on there. There's no, because another thing to remember at this point in time, the sisters have been tied to these worms or or been subservient Mm -hmm. to these worms for millennia. Yeah. Plural, more than one millennia. Like Like, they've been around for a hot second. So that, and, and we know that they're the, the desire to feed or the, or I guess the hunger of the worms is I I, I want to say exponential. So I think so. over a million years, yeah. I feel like that 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 level of hunger has gotten very much bad. Yeah, because the the way that Oryx decided to combat that hunger um, is is essentially like every single hive that exists has to give a portion of their tribute up the chain eventually to yep. me. Um, and I think the way that he's choosing to deal with, cause that, that's still like every hive in existence is finite ish. Um, so I think his idea is if he's exponentially expanding the, the hive species, then he is also exponentially feeding himself because every new hive born is a source of food for him, um, in some tiny fractional amount. I could. I could see that. Uh but that's that's still a whole lot out of your control, you know. I was um, going to say you're that's still that's still very much a, that you're still fighting an equation yeah. at that time. Yeah, and I think Savathun understood that much earlier than Oryx or Shivu has yet to. Um or Shivu yeah. just doesn't care per, perhaps. She I I to me it seems like she very much seems as like the meh sister, like, okay, you're here. Great. You know, maybe mm-hmm. can you do the dishes while you're here? <laughs> All right. Hey, don't leave your shoes out on the, whatever. Like it, she seems like that blah sister, right? Like nobody really cares. And, and even, even in game, she's not, I don't think she's really given a whole lot of, well, we've never seen her. I don't want to say backbone. Yeah. Like we've never, the, the closest we came to dealing with her was her high celebrants. Uh, with season of the hunt, mm-hmm. and that was—I mean—that was a very short-lived, and and we still haven't seen the full. I mean, she gets mentioned a little bit in season of the lost, but for the most part, it's just like, who the hell cares? Yeah, and it's it's interesting. So if we look at verse five three, um, Shivu shows a lot of contempt for her siblings. Oh yeah. Um you know, Oh yeah. She says of Oryx, uh I will have the gift mass to feed on. I will have it first. I am all uh I am Shivu Wrath and all war is my temple. Uh yep. 
And then of Savathun, she says, oh, the deceitful sister will be distracted by the arcana of the black hole. Treat, treat her broods with contempt. She literally says, like, don't care about what they're doing because they're not worth caring about. Um, which is which is funny that she says that, and that's exactly where that's exactly where uh, she goes. Yeah, Savathun goes. <laughs> she literally goes straight to the black hole and is like, "I'm getting out of here," because that because a split happens between the sisters in in five four. Yes. Um. So Savathun says, "Siblings, listen. We must part ways a while so that we may grow different." Uh, this very much, especially now knowing kind of the relationship and Savathun's, I think doubts. Um, I could see her seeing this as an opportunity to come up with an excuse to like break away from, you know, break away from the church, quote unquote. Uh, right. And to like study other stuff. Yeah. And if she's going, I think into, that leads more credence to the, to your idea with the Ahamkara. Yeah. And if she's going into a black hole, uh, if that's where she's disappearing into, you know, black holes, generally speaking, the, my very rudimentary knowledge of, of black holes and relativity is that the closer to the event horizon you get, the slower time is uh, for you, although it will feel like normal time is passing for the person in that, you know, in that area. Um, but for I mean, many observers outside, of taught me. yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if she's using that intentionally to slow the need for her worm to feed or to slow and we we've the worm god that that is at their the top of their hierarchy from demanding tribute because and that and we've we've theorized on that too like that's mm -hmm. that's definitely been a theory that we've hit we've touched on the the thought of her having well any of the sisters even having just existing existing in a black hole space just to create some sort of time dilation to say, okay, I know my worm is feeding exponentially, but if I can feed it at a slower growth mm -hmm. rate than what is normal space time, I, I have a chance to to figure this out. Yeah, and, it gives and, her more time rise to, above to yep. figure out a, a way around it. Yeah. Um, so Savathun goes into a black hole. Uh, Shivu or Wrath just like <laughs> flies off. <laughs> Just, just leaves. <laughs> She's like, Oryx, you're you're too much. You you know, you have a California Bye. king for just yourself, and I've got the twin bed. I'm I'm getting out of here. Bye. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Bye. So uh, we don't know what she's doing or what her motivation is really, other than just she doesn't want to deal with Oryx anymore. Um, and she. So who who initiates the split? So Savathun is the one that first says that they should they should part ways. Um and I'm I'm thinking this is all this is all part of her deal. I'm th I'm I'm really I'm really leaning more and more towards the idea of that 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 you were talking about with her trying to find a, a way out of this growth thing mm -hmm. and and this is leading a lot more um uh uh to the current season of 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 Savathun, say you know I, I've never lied about anything. I I've told you exactly what I'm trying to do. Like mm -hmm. I, I I'm curious how much of this is literally her just saying we screwed up. How do we fix this? And my sisters are too far gone. Screw them. Uh, if they don't want to be fixed, 
I I I don't care anymore. I just want I just want it to end. Yeah, no, I, which is which is funny because all she wanted to be was a broodmother, and yep. from our understanding of the krill, the original uh, uh, species of the hive, that broodmothers were actually lived longer than than everyone else. But I, I guess after a millennia, longer. you're kind of like screw. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, significant is a relative term, I think. Yeah, when, significantly when, longer to the when like, your lifespan is ten years. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If your lifespan is ten years, significantly longer could be twenty years. And now, <laughs> well, I think I think Tawix was referenced as being. Um, I, I guess I don't know if they ever put a number on it. You're right, but uh, I don't. I don't know if they did or if they didn't. They but I, they, they either, imply either that way Tawix lived for quite some time even after leaving Fundament. Right. Right. Because they come across her in cryo. They come across yeah, a ship yep. that has record of her being in that cryo. That has record of her. It. Yeah. For, from her being in cryo. Um, That's right. Tawix right. has, has not yep. ever shown up uh, in game or out of game as far as I'm aware. So, <clears throat> so yeah, Savathun, I think, uses this as a, a convenient means to be like, hey, we should go different directions and, you know find ourselves and i'm gonna go in this black hole bye uh and then yeah. shivu arath i think takes this as the opportunity to be like oh well if savathun's peacing out i'm gonna use the same excuse to get away from oryx get away from his you know overpowering um presence where he gets to make all the decisions and he gets to dictate everything uh yeah. i'm gonna go my own way and hopefully get strong enough to challenge him, I think is probably one of her, her motivations. Um, I think so too. And I think, I think that's a, yeah. What's interesting here is that it says her throne is barred shut, which Savathun's throne is in a black hole. So like, it's kind of understandable that, that might be unreachable under conventional means through the ascendant plane. But Sivu Arath seems to just have like locked hers down to the point where no one, not even Oryx, can get in. Which is an that's interesting a, that's thought. A, that's a yeah. So I mean, you think somebody would have a spare key to the house, but well, and it also lends uh, an idea of like why has that not been used before? Why did Crota? I mean, maybe Hubris. But why did Crota or Oryx not lock their throne down so that we couldn't invade and murder them? Um, Good question. I, I guess. I mean, I, I personally, if I had a realm where I was invincible and couldn't be killed in, I'd want to find a way to, you know, maybe lock the door. Right. But... I suppose an argument could be made that they, their need to feed would not allow them to. Um, like Maybe. if, if Oryx's whole thing is he needs to understand everything is, is infinite curiosity. I don't know if that he, he locks could everything out. He doesn't lock... have any access to curiosity. Right. I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. You know, and, and Crota. Okay. Yeah, I, I can agree with that one. Crota. I'm not sure what his, his nature was that he was feeding. I feel like it was something violent. Cro uh, Cro Crota's just a shit kid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, he was probably <laughs> hey, full what, of himself. What are you doing, sisters? Oh, I'm, we're just killing ourselves over and over. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Can I join? Cool, yeah. No, 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 no. 
But if yeah. if anything, Crota is probably full of himself too, because he's like, oh, I think six so. guardians are invading. I've killed literally thousands of them. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not as strong as I was then, but like, come on, what are they gonna do to me? Uh, what are they gonna do? steal well, my sword and murder me? me with it? Uh, <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they will. Yep. Uh, but I just found the idea Check that you mate. could you could lock a throne world. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so Oryx was like, just found himself alone and ha- had time to think, kind of. Uh, and supposedly, what his thoughts were are recorded in the next verses. Um, so I will say these verses again seem to be written from the perspective of the the hive worshippers about oryx their their god um versus like it's less journal, journal entries entry. like we've seen before yeah um yeah so this is verse five five called apocalypse refrains this is our message to the things that we will kill a species which believes that a good existence can be invented through games of civilization and through laws of conduct is doomed by that belief. They will die in terror. The lawless and the ruthless will drag them down to die. The universe will erase their monuments. But the one that sets out to understand the one true law and to perform worship of that law will by that design gain control over their future. They will gain hope of ascendance and by their ruthlessness, they will assist the universe in arriving at its perfect shape. Only by eradicating from ourselves all clemency for the weak can we emulate and become that which endures forever. This is inevitable. The universe offers only one choice, and it is between ruthlessness and extinction. We stand against the fatal lie that a world built on laws of conduct may ever resist the actions of the truly free. This is the slavery of the traveler, the crime of creation, in which labor is wasted on the construction of false shapes. If you choose to fight us, fight us with everything you have, with all of your laws and games, we will prove our argument thus. This is mostly the hive showboating. <laughs> oh, 100%. To. Uh, oh, look at you and your magical traveler. <laughs> <laughs> we got that. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. Our, that's that's our literally what it is. Way. Like, that's. Yeah. yeah. Our team's better than team, your team. Team Hive. Yeah. yeah. Go Team yeah. Darkness. Woo! <laughs> Suck it, Team Good. Suck it, Team Light. Yeah, that's that's what's happening yeah, here. This is exactly this is all just they 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 mention you know the the knowledgeable one that's that's clearly Oryx like yep. just saying you know Oryx Oryx knows what he's doing. Come at us with everything you got. You're still gonna fail. Thus proving sword logic correct. You know, you 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 are such a the the idea of civilization and the light is such a um, perversion, and and just a, a false sense of hope essentially, and and ant, such anti final shape that it's just wrong. It should just be you know it should be eradicated. Like there, everything about it is just bad. 
yeah. uh, at least in the eyes of the, of the of the hive, it seems. Right, and the the one line in particular that I think is is uh, noteworthy here. Um, it says uh, the lawless and the you know they. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, a species which believes that a good existence can be invented through games of civilization and through laws of conduct is doomed by that belief. The lawless and the ruthless will drag them down to die. So essentially the hive are saying like, even if you try and build a good lawful civilization, there's always going to be those that break the law or don't follow the rules. And they are technically the truly correct ones because they are the ones that are asserting their will to exist over, you know, those that, that would try to, uh, you know, make them conform otherwise. Boy, that's not a, uh, Jesus. (laughs) That's a, yeah. If that's not a philosophical thing, Whoa. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to lock that in a throne world and keep that <laughs> locked away. And we're going to go on to the next verse. Um, yes, we are, because that's... That's a landmine. I see it, and I'm walking around it. Uh, it's, I mean, it's clearly... It's, it's literally like the wily coyote of landmines, right? <laughs> like, it's it's like all the little arrows pointing, like, free bird seed. And you're like, you're, don't. No, no. You fucking guy. Like, what are you doing? So that brings us to verse five six, which does appear to be authored by Oryx, um, it, but it's more of a letter to the people versus a like a journal entry he's writing for himself. Uh, to the people of the hive, or yeah, to to the hive specifically. Okay. Verse five six. Uh, All is well, Ayat. What is at war is healthy. What is at peace is sick. My son Crota feeds me rich, rich tribute. My lineages are strong. My worm is vast and satiated. And with that security, I can spend my time on study and communion with the deep. As I learn more secrets, my power grows. As my power grows, I use it to learn more secrets. Ayat, let it be thus because it must. I wonder if my sisters have secrets of their own. If my power exceeds theirs, I may kill them permanently and subsume their thrones. But I think they have strength that they hide from me, developed in time of separation. Ayat, the only meaningful relationship is the attempt to destroy. Savathun asks, if I am as much a slave of the deep as my taken. She asks what price I pay for my power. I am not taken. The hive is not the deep. The deep doesn't want everything to be the same. It wants life, strong life, life that lives free without the need for a habitat of games to insulate it from reality. When I make my taken, I make them closer to perfect. I heal their wounds and enhance their strengths. This is inherently good. Ayat, the only right is existence. The only wrong is non-existence. I am Oryx, the first navigator, the taken king. 
Ayat. Let me be what I am, because to be anything else would be fatal. This reads like a sermon, is what it reads like. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like this is like, especially the ayats over and over again, because that's like we talked about that before. That's the so let it be written, so let it be done. Mm-hmm. Like that's he. He's literally like he's proclaiming himself. All powerful. I, I essentially. Don't yeah, he's not procla- proclaiming himself God. No, but pretty damn close. Yeah, he's he's saying that um, you know, he his worm is fed, all is good. He has the ability to learn secrets that grant him power that he then uses to learn more secrets. Um, he's very much proclaiming to his people, proclaiming to the hive like I am greater than anyone else and the only reason that i don't strike down my sisters and take their power is because i think they're hiding things from me uh yep but yeah very very much sounds like a sermon sounds like a yeah you know hive sunday <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> i like i like I, I want to know what a hive hymn sounds like. <laughs> oh, wait. It's just a death song. <laughs> yeah. And people die from it. And half Didn't the congregation that just, blow your just mind? falls over. Uh. <laughs> half the congregation. Oh, Jesus. All right. All right. You win this one. <laughs> I, like, I like that thought of... Right, like the the scream of Omnigol, and then just half the congregation just. <laughs> oh well, shit. I guess we need to make more servers. Who's got a thro- Who's got a world to co- to conquer? I do. I do. We're coming up here, Johnny, and conquer the world. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I proclaim it thus. I ought. I ought. I say. I ought. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. I have I have this wonderful picture in my head of uh oh, shit. Of, this, <laughs> of of your your typical um your your typical kind of church setting where they're you know people are singing hymns and whatnot. And uh and yeah, like half half the congregation falls over and the other half is like, Oh, it was page three, not page two. That was the wrong one. <laughs> Shit! I was I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> it was page three, not twenty. Oh god! Oops! <laughs> Oopsies! Sorry, Phil. <laughs> they all come back from the ascended plane. God damn it! <laughs> I'll sing you to death. I swear. <laughs> I swear to Oryx. Oh God! And this three, is three of the guys like Oryx isn't real. God, you gotta swear to Zol. <laughs> oh, this oh. is de-evolving really quickly. <laughs> All I'm saying, Sony owns Bungie now. Animated series win. Um, I want I want the arcane version of Destiny, but now I also kind of want the Simpsons version of Destiny. So, <laughs> both those happen. I think I think I just want the Simpsons version. 
That's that's all I want. It's the Simpsons version. That's what I want. Oh. All right. Well, before this goes. Okay. So verse. Off track. So so sermon sermon five. What is it? Five five. Is that was that one was or five six? Uh, that was five six. So now we're on to five seven. So sermon five six has been saying and read to the people and yep. and it was good. I ought. And so now we are at uh, five seven. Now we're at five seven, and this one is um a little this one again is is a little more journal like uh so this is verse five seven forever and a blade i considered returning to fundament learning what became of the god wave and the tungsten monoliths and the continents which were all that remained of my people's primal home but i know what became of all that it became me I am the heir of Fundament, the immortal descendant of those ten-year krill. I asked a question, how can we live in the universe long enough to understand it? And I learned the answer, which is written here in this book. I learned that I had to become the most ruthless of all. I don't know where the darkness, which is the deep, came from, nor the traveler that I hunt. But I will learn. I will learn. This is my inheritance, my estate, eternity, infinity, the whole universe beneath my sword. This is what I rule forever and a blade. So two things I got out of this that I find interesting. Um, The first is that Oryx never actually saw the god wave happen yeah so that could have there was a lot of evidence to su- suggest it was going to happen but maybe it never did maybe not or maybe it didn't happen in the way they they predicted it was going to um because that was the say, big... maybe it didn't wipe out all life on fundament right maybe it was like a that maybe, was the maybe, big maybe driving the force. Oh, so okay. So here's a theory. Maybe the traveler, like like the the darkness, always spins it as you know the the traveler showed up and then the the moons all aligned the way they shouldn't mm-hmm. have and then this this god wave happened. Maybe the traveler showed up and prevented it from happening. Yeah. No, that's that's a, a valid idea. I think because we theorized that the worms were the ones that made the god wave happen or appear to happen yep totally believable if the traveler would come down and be like i can't let you wipe out a whole planet and was actively trying to to prevent that um yeah and then they used it as as the scapegoat because it was there yeah Uh, look see this thing showed up and this thing is going to happen we said it was going to happen we must be god like we're gods like he oh man and that was the big original uh, kind of push for the the Oryx, or at that time Arash, um, and the sisters to accept the worm's power because, like, they were on a they were on a clock, not only um, due to a limited lifespan, but because there was this like world-ending cataclysm yeah. hanging over them. Uh, the apocalypse is nigh. Oh yeah. shit! We better do something. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if anyone ever did go back to fundament and found that it never happened. Um, well, and it's interesting here to see Oryx be 
almost reminiscent and then being no no he's like you know maybe i should go back to fundament and then turning around and go no 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 i know what that 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 place is trash yeah that's i've i'm i'm the ultimate inheritance of the krill like I, I and and I like I like that interpretation too of he I I think it says he wished to understand the universe to live long enough to understand the universe. Yeah, uh he goes I asked a question, how can we live in the universe long enough to understand it? Which which is it, not quite a wish, right? Like that's Right. But it's it's close. It's kind of close. It's a uh, desire. It is a desire, uh, and and so that like, it's funny to think of that as like, okay, well, the answer is you can't. You would literally have to live forever, and so therefore, it has been granted. Therefore, you know, you know like it, it's been granted, but it's been granted with a condition that is not right. beneficial for you. Right. Sounds so that's, awful it's, lot like wish dragon magic. <laughs> I'm just. Maybe long lost brothers. No, who so. knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the other thing that I find interesting here, um, it kind of sounds like Oryx wants to eventually uh, overcome the darkness, but overcome it as in become more powerful than it and rule it. Uh because he says, I don't know where the darkness, which is the deep, came from, nor the traveler that I hunt, but I will learn. I will learn. This is my inheritance, eternity and affinity, the whole universe beneath my sword. Like that, that sounds to me like he wants to learn Definitely. about the darkness and the light because he wants to <clears throat> rule them. Yeah. I, well, and that, that just leads more to his, his whole thing of knowledge. Like, with him with him wanting that much knowledge over something to be able to rule over it because that the light and the dark are inherently now i, I don't want to say part of this universe but they i mean they they kind of are now uh even if they were in in different dimensions or or you know different realities whatever because they are being used and and talked to in this reality they therefore exist in this reality and therefore it, it's definitely that self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy mm-hmm. thing like like the since they exist here now i have to understand them now i have to know more about them and thus rule them and so it's it's that's interesting to, that it creates almost like a feedback loop right yeah no i uh i think oryx's grandmaster plan was to just you know he he believes so wholeheartedly in the sword logic and the the sharpening of the universe to the final shape that he believed the darkness was not exempt from that that the darkness had sure. to prove its right to exist just as much as everything else and and by virtue of the darkness all, as all, the light as well mm-hmm. like that neither one of them could escape sword logic because sword logic is so perfect sword logic is the in in his eyes the the most perfect thing in the universe and thus that is what is allowing everything to continue as it does yes yeah that's that's an interesting thought too to think that he who got his power from the darkness or 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 
maybe not got his power from the darkness, but the now sees the darkness as something that needs to be ruled over. Like that's it's it's very it's very circular thinking there. But as we know, he didn't get the chance. Oh, sad face. Uh and he Frickin' Guardians. He thinks about that possibility as well though. Uh in the next verse, verse five eight, Oryx talks about what happens if he fails. Uh, so this one is titled worm food nom 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 (laughs) what will happen if I die it suits me to consider this for I am a great ally of death my daughters study the quiddity of death my son practices the inhabitation of death and my great work is in ultima to become synonymous with death, to die and in that dying live, so that if the universe comes to nothing, then I will be part of that nothing. Far better to have a savage universe with a happy end than a happy universe with no hope. I have died many times, but those deaths were only temporary. If my echoes are killed, and I am killed in the material world, then I will be driven back to my throne, the Dreadnought. If my court and my throne can be beaten, if I am confronted in my throne, if I am defeated there, then I will die. My work will end. This is the pact to which I am bound, in particular by my study of the Tablets of Ruin and by my use of the power of the Deep. When I call upon that power, I put myself up as the stakes in a wager. I gamble with my soul. For I am saying, listen, my gods, I am the mightiest thing there is, and I prove it thus. Lately, I have realized how much I depend on Crota and my daughters, and even upon my court. If I lost them, my outlays would exceed my intakes, my tribute would not be enough to feed my worm. But this is proper, for if I lost them, it would be because they were not mighty enough, and then I would be a bad father, a bad king. I must test them and fight with them to keep them strong. This is my geas. I will go on forever. I will understand everything. There is only one path, and that is the path that you make. But you can make more than one. Break your cell's bars. Make a new shape. Make the shape from its path. Find your cell's bars. Break out of the bars. Find a shape. Make the shape. Eat the light. Eat the path. If I fail, let me be worm food. I mean, this a lot of this is just confirming exactly mm-hmm. how we were able to defeat him. Yeah, in and D one, and that is something I see that I think we talked about in uh, one of the earlier episodes uh, around verse five or verse four was like reading the books of sorrow. Oryx is this almighty, just existence-ending calamity. How on earth did we beat him? And he he kind of outlines it here, like we killed Crota, yeah. uh, which I I think this 
also lends credence to the actual reason Oryx came when Crota died. It wasn't out of grief. It wasn't a, like, you killed my son, you bastard. No. It was a, you killed my main source of food, and I am literally starving. So I need to figure out what the hell you are and kill you so you can't do it again and also feed me at the same time. Uh, Yep. So killing killing Crota did a huge number on Oryx's power. And then we killed all of his echoes through the Taken King campaign. Uh, which weakened him even further. And then we killed all the members of his court that were not in his throne world, uh, which was essentially his daughters. And I think that's it. I think his daughters were the only members of his court that were not, or that were in his throne world. Those are the only two left, yeah. Well, the war priest, I guess. I I don't know that Golgoroth was like feeding him in any way because he's kind of a mindless ogre. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. mindless ogres aren't really much of anything. But so, what, at the time we invaded, he was only being fed by the war priest and his two daughters. And before getting to him in the raid, we killed all three of them. So, yep. like, we... So, he, that, I, I, think, I think this does kind of definitively say that Oryx is dead. I think so. I, I really I do. think I think that this verse in particular outline outlining the entirety of you know if 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 whatever if something kills all my echoes and kills all my tributes and kills all my everything and then comes to my throne world and then kills me that's it that's game over I'm dead but then there's that one little scribble in the in the sidelines what was it in the in halfway through verse four? I am Savathun, and this book is full of lies. Throws everything into disarray because what is like what what are the lies? Like, what are make, the truth? What are, yeah is is that itself a lie just to subserve you know subvert yeah everything else in the book? Like yeah, that that one little line is brilliant and infuriating all at the same time. <laughs> All at the same time, like it's it throws a wrench in everything. It's it's just enough to to it. It's the perfect writer's scapegoat. Yep. Be like, well, that's not what the book said. Yeah, but we said the book was full of lies, and this was one of them. Book is full of lies. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... That is that is that not like that just leads credence to the brilliancy (laughs) of bungee writers, right? Like, oh yeah, like to have that one little deal there just to be like. Yeah, um, this whole book's full of lies. Yep. Uh, what? What? Um, yeah, it's, you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. We don't, we don't know. We, I don't know what parts are true. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know. Goddess of cunning. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wait, or <laughs> Osiris finger waves. Yeah, that's it. I will waggle. never yeah. get over that scene. I will never get over that scene. At the beginning of Season of the Lost with, ooh, la, 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 la. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. no. That's that's still forever ingrained in my brain. So he, um, Oryx continues this thought process. So so verse 5-8 was him thinking about, like, okay, how could I be defeated? And th- this is the way that I could possibly be defeated. And then verse 5 That is kind of weird for him to be, like, like, you know how how could I possibly defeat it? Oh, let me just write it down. 
Yeah, I know. Like, that's insanely convenient. Granted, the Guardians do not have access to this at the, like, I, I suppose one could argue you went and got... No, actually, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure the calcified fragments that gave you these verses were in Oryx's throne world, were in the, the King's Fall I was going to say, raid. there was what? There was, there was four or there were six of them in King's Fall? Yeah, I don't remember the number, but I think they were all the last verses. And I think this I was think one of right. them. I think you're right. I think you're right. So technically, we did everything we needed to do. We just didn't know that until we were already there. Uh, super convenient (laughs) (laughs) so but that leads us to verse 5 9 which is in fact the last verse of the books of sorrow uh oh shit where oryx is talking about what you know what happens if if his death comes to pass okay so verse 5 9 i'll make sure i have made preparations If I am defeated, I know it will be because my understanding of the universe was incomplete. I failed to anticipate some strategy, some nemesis, perhaps Tauix, if she still lives. If I am defeated, I know that I will fall to something mighty, something that craves might, something that loves what I love, which is the deep, a principle and a power, the versatile protean need to adapt and endure to reach out and shape the universe entirely for that purpose to mutate and redesign and test and iterate so that it can prevail can seize existence and hold it certain that this is everything that there is nothing to life except living and it has two faces yet it is one shape One face is the objective, which is obvious, and the other face is that will to sacrifice things and ideas for a single mission, the mission of becoming the shape, a shape that will not relent, the utter commitment to survival, to draw the right sword and choose where to cut, to allow this hunger to become your weapon. So I will prepare a book which is a map to a weapon and my vanquisher will read that book seeking the weapon and they will come to understand me where i have been and where i was going and then they will take up my weapon and they will use it they will use that weapon which is all that i am and armed thus with my past and my future and my pre present they will mantle me oryx the taken king they will become me and i will become them each of us defeating the other correcting the other allowing ourselves into one omnipotent philosophy thus i will live forever i will make sure Well, you know. So, Oryx seems pretty confident that if something out there is mighty enough to beat him and kill him for good, then it means it is a greater prevailer of the darkness and the sword logic than he is. 
Yeah, so maybe guardians aren't all that light. <laughs> well, so uh, yes and no. Um, <laughs> okay. So I I don't think that Oryx was a hundred percent incorrect, but I don't think he was a hundred percent correct either. Um, okay. And actually, I wanna I wanna talk about a couple of other entries before we really dive into that. Um, which we are, I think, going to be able to get through. So this is... I was going to say, that there's a couple of entries that I I definitely want to touch on, because the, the end of that, talking about the weapon, yeah. I, I think this is a direct reference to Touch of Malice. It absolutely is. Um, because, if I recall correctly, you have to collect all the calcified fragments, which are the pages of the Books of Sorrow, in order yep. to get the quest to then make the Touch of Malice. Um, yep. so when he was saying, I'll build a book that will lead them to make this weapon, it's literally the book we just read. Uh, yep. but no, so there, there are three lore cards I want to touch on. I want to talk about at least two of them, maybe all three before we really theorize, uh, what was going on with Oryx and the, and his defeat by the guardian hands. Um, okay. So the first of those is titled Oryx defeated. And uh, this is from the point of view of Toland the Shattered. Listen, Toland. Death is the last part of living, and life is learning to die. The song is the same as the singing. The last truth commands me to eat all the light in the sky. I will go on forever. I will understand. Dwell a moment on the weight of what you've done. Contemplate the story that you have ended. Will you ever do anything that screams down the millennia? Will you ever hammer your will on the universe until it rings and rings? Oryx was an awesome power. Show reverence. All right, enough, enough. A vacancy has opened, hasn't it? How interesting. How very interesting. Do you ever pause, dear listener, to consider who benefits from all of this heroism you commit? Do you ever look around and feel the faintest chill, as if you are the tiny little ball bearing placed beneath a great mass so that it might, if pushed, begin to roll? You are a god yourself now. You've consecrated yourself. Emulate me. Use your power to learn. There are worse things to practice being. And immediately leading into that is the lore card King's Fall, which is also from Tolan. Where are you going? No, wait, listen. I was right at first. In the ever-expanding, blighted place, even light must obey the sword logic. Even you guardians, you best and brightest of the dying dawn, you drew blood in honor of the taken king. The war priest did his duty, and you did yours. Oryx was challenged, yes, but challenged in the way of the hive, which is to say that challenge is worship. His challenge is power, sword logic. You played your part well. You were not supposed to touch the light. How did you find your way into the king's cellars? 
How did you even recognize that benighted draught for what it was? Do you not know that the hive pursue light precisely for the purpose of devouring it with slavering jaws and slick, greedy throats? How did you take, or rather untake, the blighted light that Oryx gathered to offer in sacrifice to Akka and ignite it so that it burned the darkness? It was barely light anymore, but you took it. And when you took it, you did not keep it. You set it free. You fools. You disastrous, bumbling squanderers. It's not right. Who now shall be the first navigator, the lord of shapes, the harrowed god, the taken king? Not you. You might have been kings and queens of the deep, but you have toppled Oryx and you have not replaced him. There must be a strongest one. It is the architecture of these spaces. Why are you leaving? Okay, so... <laughs> so... Okay. A few, a few things here. So first off, Toland is pissed. Like, oh, like, yeah. Toland has watched this entire thing happen. Like, like Toland has watched us guardians come in, kick the shit out of, out of Oryx, and then just walk away. And the whole time, he is literally screaming at us, what the hell are you doing? Get your asses back here. Sit on that throne. Yeah. You wanted this power. You defeated him in the way of the hive. By virtue of hive, you are now gods. Get in that chair. Where are you going? What the hell? You even did it with light. You untook light. Like, how did you even, like, so even Tolan doesn't fully understand how the hell we beat him. So I think there, there's a couple interesting points here. So the, the first lore card, Oryx Defeated, um, is essentially Tolan saying, like, you do not understand the being that you have just ended. Give Give right. reverence to this thing that has literally shaped the universe that you have now unmade um like like good job but and he's also maybe... saying yeah he's he's also saying like you are a god now like you have done all yeah. the steps you need to do to be what oryx was uh as far as and and the next lore card i think has has a couple different meanings in it so the, the King's Fall lore card, which is Toland yelling at us, like, where are you going? Stay here. Assume the throne. So part of it is exactly that. Part of it is him saying, like, you are supposed to now be the Taken King. Like, there must always be a yep. king kind of vibe. Uh, yep. However, I think it's also worth noting him talking about how we did it. So... We challenged Oryx in the way of the hive. We challenged Oryx in the way of the sword logic. We killed him not using sword logic. What, what I mean by that. So he, he says, you were not supposed to touch the light. Uh, did you not know that the hive pursued light precisely for the purpose of devouring it? How did you untake that blighted light and ignite it so it burned the darkness? Uh, it was barely light anymore, but you took it. And when you took it, you did not keep it. You set it free. So the whole point of the hive 
when it comes to light is to eat it, is to devour it for power. If we were still challenging Oryx in the way of the hive, my interpretation is that we would have found that light and we would have consumed it to make ourselves more powerful to then kill Oryx in that manner. But instead, what we did was we found that light and we untook it and just let the pure light energy we didn't take it to our for ourselves to make us more powerful we just let it out into the universe and that energy on its own is what defeated oryx which is i mean precisely when you the think about how you actually well and when you think about it in game of how you actually beat them when you have to run into the little blights and then you go in the thing and then you come out and yeah, shoot yeah we no, never everything deal. about that is yeah, we never deal damage to Oryx directly in the raid. Yeah. We only ever stun him enough so that we can make the, the light bombs blow up, essentially. Right. So That's, a, that's an interesting thought, too. What Toland that's, is that's saying... That's genuinely interesting. And I think that part of that leads into why we can't take the throne, because we didn't beat him by our own power. We let another Ooh. power defeat oryx we we helped another power defeat oryx we did not consume that power to become greater to beat him ourselves we never dealt damage so the to question him is, so then the question is what was the other power i mean presumably just the light in general at this point the light you're right just the light in general like what now now is it the light or is it the traveler or like what it what what is the actual source of whatever we defeated him my my initial that's, thinking that's the ultimate question my initial thinking based on on this reading and what we experience in the raid is that um it it is just light without a connection to anything um so like light light is a tool Right, light is a tool, light is an energy, not light as right. a tied to something sentient. And I think that is kind of the core of the problem because that is the power that killed Oryx. There is no one to assume the throne. There there is no Ooh. being behind that power because to it then wasn't tied to anything. Take yeah. it over. Interesting. We we essentially but from made from point of view, it's like it's like you did this. You have to sit on the throne, and we're just like, nah, I'm good, brah. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a case of him saying like, not not necessarily that we killed Oryx, but he's both. He's saying you could have been kings and queens if you had consumed that power and used it the way the hive used it. Oh, but you didn't okay. because, and now there literally cannot be a king, which unravels everything. Uh, right, like that, like unravels the universe, unravels the hive, <laughs> the the whole hive I hierarchy. Mean, for sure, absolutely. Well, and and by nature of that, the entire universe, because of the millennia that the orcs spent traveling the universe and shaping it in the in the in the way that he wanted it shaped, where he is part of the final shape. Like in his mind, he should be the final thing, or or part of the final shape according to sword logic, and so. The, in, in his eyes, the universe is the, the hive is the universe, and the universe is the hive. Yeah, yep. and that's so by killing him, like you've now unmade the universe. You you have forever changed the course of the universe. 
I think that's a better way to put it. I think that's definitely a better way to put it. So the other bit because all that shit that he's done still that still, still happens out there. Like you didn't bring all that stuff happened. Yeah, you didn't bring Harmony back. You didn't bring the Ecumene back. Didn't bring the Ecumene. Yeah, absolutely. But what what Oryx intended to be a eternal tirade you know through the universe till the very end he assumed that either it was going to be completed by him or his mission would be completed by whatever's powerful enough to beat him and that's not the case because right what beat him doesn't have a sentience and we aren't after his power we were purely right. there as a way of defending you know humanity um the yep. solar system uh the other bit the, the last little bit i want to focus on in this the king's fall entry um is specifically he says uh tolan says how did you take or rather untake the blighted light that oryx gathered in, to offer in sacrifice and ignite it so that it burned and burned the darkness so take and untake uh, are capital T's, and why I think this is relevant. So I mean that when that presumes that taken can be untaken. When Oryx takes something, uh, a being, uh, from earlier in the Books of Sorrow, what he's literally doing is he is teleporting them to the to stand in front of the darkness, to stand in front of the deep, and that experience, whatever happens to them when they stand in front of the deep, is what takes them they they come out of that experience is taken it's it's like looking into the eyes of god type thing yeah yep yep um presumably if he takes light in the same way if he if he took this little ball of light let's say and put it in front of the darkness and it turned into a blight this also makes me wonder, is every blight we've ever come across with the Taken, like, literally just light energy that's been converted? I, I uh, think it is. But, so he, he has this, this light... Like this entry leads me to believe that it is. Right, so he has, he has, this, little, he has this ball of light that he has uh, turned into a blight and is storing to use as tribute in sacrifice, you know, sacrifice it as tribute to the worm gods. And, uh, he, that means that we were able to come in to his throne and not only find the, the store of blight of used to be light. We untook it. We unmade. So previously, the equation from meeting anything, meeting with the darkness, meeting with clarity as, as Clovis Bray, object A hit, you know, is exposed to darkness and oh, now permanently shit. becomes object B. This entry suggests to me that we somehow have the ability to undo that. Holy shit. Holy Hang on. I'm taking a second to wrap my mind around that. You have obviously reached this conclusion much faster than I did, and I didn't even see that coming. Shit. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> now, light, light is not I mean, sentient. It doesn't have a will of its own, as far as we know. Um, I mean, clarity doesn't either, right? I mean, in that sense, the darkness, darkness does not have a will of its own. Like, darkness is darkness, just a tool. The, the force, yeah. yeah. The force. And if presumably object A... In, in presence of clarity or, or subjected to clarity becomes object B, can we take object B and subject it to light and make it object A? I mean, if light and dark are opposites from an energy the perspective... The infinite and the zero, the, the, as well the, as the a, alpha... Oh yeah. my god. Now, one, one thing that pokes a hole in this theory... Hey, don't you go making these cool ass freaking theories and then poking holes in well, your own theories. May, I refuse. That's for our community to do, <laughs> damn it. Br- brings about some questions. Um, is we've only ever done this once, and that it was right. in the face of Oryx in the Ascendant Realm under, you know, facing off thematically, story wise what was and remains to be, in my opinion, the strongest enemy we have ever fought. That we've ever that fought. That we have ever fought. That's, I, I, I like that we're quantifying these things. Like, the strongest thing that we've ever fought. And even, even Toland is like, hey, you need, you need to take a second and accept that you just killed something massive. Like, you just, you, you ended the Taken King. You take a second and bow to that thought like that's yeah jesus so maybe our ability to untake was dependent on the location maybe it can only happen in the ascendant plane maybe it was dependent on just pure like it's a power that we have that we can't tap into but we did because like of just extreme duress thing. right yeah um either of those scenarios would make sense to me the reason what one of the things that makes me wonder is that uh unfortunately all of the exos are only alive because clarity turned vex milk into something else and if suddenly some guardian heaven forbid an exo guardian figures out how to consciously untake things <laughs> Uh, all the exos may just that, stop. <laughs> that might just be bad. I'm a, well, that wouldn't be too bad. I guess my warlock could be an awoken then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's how they do a soft reboot for for Destiny Three. That's, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Destiny Three, we touched a button and we screwed it up. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So I I don't think that that's that that's the case but it is just one of those like that's a i mean that's a thought like i i feel like that's a that's a genuine i i i think that has legs i i do i i think that that's a and again that just that just leads more credence to our idea of like they're opposites of each other they're mm-hmm. you know the darkness is very much the absolute zero the 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 perfect shape the the final form whereas the light is infinity of civilizations and and continuing to grow and 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 nourish and yeah that's a that's an interesting thought so if nothing else it canonically 
says that guardians untook something that they yeah. have that ability somehow some way it it can happen it has happened once and it might happen again there you um, go the last lore then there's entry. then there's the last line yeah oh the last line um there must be a str- the weapon oh yeah yeah about the the touch mouse so um yep. so yeah oryx you know said i'm going to create a book that leads to this weapon and Whoever conquers me will then read that book and make this weapon. And by virtue of that weapon being of me, I will continue on. Um, and so that brings us to the Touch of Malice, which has its own lore card. Uh, that lore card is as follows. Let them feel every lash, every curse, every touch of malice that they first dealt to me. Eris Morn, a weapon that draws upon the hive's ravenous darkness itself, a weapon that could turn back upon the hive all the suffering that they have inflicted upon us. It is done. I name it Touch of Malice, for it is naught but the hive's own doing. Take it, Guardian, and remember that they had a choice, and now so do we. So the the quest for the Touch of Malice involves uh, essentially gathering a number of pieces of the hive to create the gun. Uh, one of those pieces literally being the, I think it's, it's termed the heart of Oryx. Uh, so a, yep. a piece of his body is the final thing that you need to make this gun in game. Uh, and the the thing that this gun does that makes it unique in Destiny One is that when you shoot it, its bullets harm you as you shoot it. Uh, and I, I believe it's that it gives you it. You can shoot it infinitely f- so long as you have health. Um, yep. The and it's only the final shot. So as as that's right. Like yep. The first I think it's a I think it's a fourteen round magazine. Uh, so the first thirteen cool beans but the final round does both increase damage uh and harms you um but if you land three precision hits uh the amount of it heals it heals you for the amount that you've been harmed which then allows for an infinite loop of precision 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 rewind health precision 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 regain health and that's that's where you could in theory fire it infinitely as long as you as long as you hit precision shots every single time you will you can fire it infinitely yeah and that ties in pretty poetically to oryx's last oh, statement 100%. in verse 5 9 which I'll, I'll just reread here uh says and armed thus with my past and my future and my present uh which is a weapon a weapon that takes whatever is available a weapon bound to malice they will mantle me, Oryx, the Taken King. They will become me, and I will become them. Each of us defeating the other, correcting the other, allowing ourselves into one omnipotent philosophy. Thus, I will live forever. So that that defeating each other and correcting each other, hundred uh, percent, just leads into that. Like damages you and heals you, and then heals you, and then damage, and then heals, and then it's a, it's it's. It's God. I want this gun back so bad. I think King's Fall is coming back, and if King's Fall comes back, they can't not bring Touch of Malice back. 
I mean... It is such Maybe. an integral part I'm, of that I'm, raid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna hope, and I'm gonna dream. And if any Bungie dev is listening to this right now, this is, this is January 31st. We're three weeks from Witch Queen. Please, for the love of God, give us Touch of Malice. If, if for nothing else, make I, I don't care if it does one damage. Okay, I kind of care if it does one damage, but. If it comes back, I will praise you forever as if I already didn't. But yeah, please, please give us Touch of Malice. That's all I want. Give me Touch of Malice. I'll throw. I won't even equip Healing Rift. That's a lie. <laughs> I will only equip Healing Rift. And it will be the only gun I'll ever use again. We will totally not like, just like, stand in a well with it for every boss damage phase from that point forward. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh yeah so it'll it'll be my tc basically that's there you go for 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 myth as travelers chosen for me it's touch of malice like that's that'll forever be and i i still remember not to not to get a little reminiscent here but i i do still remember when i did finally get it in d1 um i only ever ran king's fall once in d1 uh the group that i was playing with that i told them you know i'd, I'd never run a raid before and they're like well let's go do all of them and i was like Okay, so we started with uh, Vault of Glass. We ran through all of Vault of Glass, and that was a blur. And I was like, holy crap, that was freaking amazing. And they're like, all right, now let's go do Crota. And so we went right into Crota and went and did Crota. And I was like, Jesus, what is happening? And then we went right into King's Fall, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't, I need a new pair of pants now. It was like, that was the coolest experience. And then, like, even then, like, they showed me all the all the secret paths, the secret chests and everything, and and got me all the, all the calcified fragments that were in there. And then, I, you know, then I got the Touch Malice. And I, I, I want to say I, I, I never equipped another gun ever again. Like, I just put that on, and that was it. Like, that was the end of the world. So yeah, that was that. I I do hope that that does. I I I think you're right, Myth. I I think if if we take the bits of pieces that we've that we've heard from the higher ups of Bungie of saying, hey, we're gonna do uh, so obviously Witch Queen will have the raid, then the next season we'll have a dungeon, then the next season we'll have a raid, and then that final season we'll have a dungeon leading into the next expansion thematically it makes sense and and the fact that it says it they they've said it is a returning raid and they have said that crota will not come back as a raid yep if at all everything points to king's fall coming back the season after not the season after witch queen but the season after that so two yep. seasons after witch queen um so we're looking at basically the end of summer uh sometime in that fall season taking king King's Fall raid to come back, you know whether whether or not it's on the dread dreadnought, whether it is shot for shot the the King's Fall raid, like everything about that says. And then with with what Myth is saying, how lore connected that gun is to that raid, like everything about that is it's it's like a it's like a zipper, right? Like it comes together so perfectly that you if you lose any one part of it, it it's it's just junk now. And I think without it it'd be it, it would have been like like vault of glass coming back without vex myth mythoclast right like if mm -hmm. if vex mythoclast hadn't come back with with vault of glass i don't know that vault of glass would have been as as praised as it was as a returning raid and so i think because of that 
Touch of Malice has to come back with King's Fall, and King's Fall has to have Touch of Malice in it. Like it's 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 that it's it's that infinite loop there. It's that I defeat you, therefore you defeat me, and I defeat you, and it 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 all just it fits. It's it's perfect. I mean, t- Touch of Malice is the uh like it is the the final uh fate of oryx like yeah you you can't have one without the other you know um absolutely absolutely so, so there's so there's a few um there's a few other entries that we wanted to cover um and i'm looking at time right now and i think we have time to cover them uh the five entries from the shadow keep oh that's right Cryptolith. yep 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 uh let me we are doing better than I thought we were going to, honestly. Uh, we are doing fantastic right now. We covered, we, we, but at, as a side note, that's the end of the Books of Sorrow. Begin bonus episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, so, yeah, that we have covered, we have now covered all of the Books of Sorrow um, from the beginning of Fundament through the warring of the universe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ramble on while you, while you pull everything up because, you know, I know you don't already have it pulled up right now. Uh, so, uh, we've covered all of, all of the the krill, the 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 deception, the the betrayal, the leading down to the worms, the 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 gifting of the worms, the the hunger of the worms, the 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 ravenous warring of the hive across the universe, uh, you know, the collapsing the fallen, uh, or at least what we believe was the the fallen collapse, um, and then and then into the in across literally across hundreds of thousands of civilizations just ending them over and over again to oryx creating the throne worlds to and and zero wrath and sabathun doing the same to to learning how to kill each other over and over and over again to become more and more powerful and and to and to feed that sword logic to offspring now and and then the big split between the big three um zero wrath kind of going off in her own wherever that was mm-hmm. uh Savathun hiding in the in the black hole of harmony and 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 oryx you know and then the, the whole lineage of oryx of him saying no other hive ever like genetically will ever be as powerful as me so from from our point of view if we can beat oryx we can beat every every hive that ever existed so that's that's a I think that's a that's a big thing to think too when we think of going forward into uh, both Witch Queen and the and the next uh, seasons afterward, we we are we as Guardians are pretty damn powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, and and to think that like Oryx was at like the bottom of the food chain. Well, and that he was as starved of his full power as he was when we faced yeah. him. Um. Yeah, and and Toland has said, uh, you can you can hear him say this in game, on some of the moon patrols where his little floating orb is yelling at you. Uh, he'll he'll talk about, um, you know, oh, you know, you're so proud that you be Oryx, but he, you know, there are things so much greater than him out in the dark. Uh, yep. You know, implying that as grand and as powerful as Oryx was, like his small potatoes compared to some people. Uh, yeah so but i've got the cryptolith messages up um these seem to be a continuation of sorts of the book of sorrow uh okay 
written maybe like the lost entries uh, not necessarily the lost entries but they appear to be written after oryx's death uh so i think these are mostly kind of showing what the hive were doing um after his death so are they are they like a like a worshiping type entries or are they just like a more of a history like like a what the meanwhile in the history of the hive uh as say a little bit of both um okay so yeah so in the first one is titled hearts uh and it reads oryx peerless king whose horns pierce the cosmic horizon who obtains meaning from the heat bath it is us who beseech you we your hive here as we strangle ourselves with oryx call name of oryx which refuses itself by refusing division oryx whose world line may not be mapped to any simple connected topology oryx who blue shifts when all else recedes Oryx, whose divine weapons may slice the bond of affection between master and pet. Oryx, in whom is invested the authority of one billion years' failure to die. We, your progeny, who are caused by you as all things in your light, Cone, are caused by your will, beseech you for your forgiveness. Let us make manifest our crimes let us not offend oryx king with the contempt of rhetoric let our transgressions be known through our actions let our crimes be implied by the result as the wound remembers the shape of the weapon ayat so i read this uh and this came out with shadow keep uh we may have said that already but just to reiterate um I read this. This is the ARG puzzle that came with the the collection edition. Edition, yeah. I read this as the hive, uh, still praying to Oryx, um, you know, oh, yeah. beseeching him, uh, and they're they're saying, let us let us make manifest our crimes, and I think the crime that they're that they're talking about is the allowing for some of the hive to believe that he's dead is is yeah. kind of the vibe i'm getting or or even just allowing him to die yeah like or not that being yeah. not being efficient or sufficient enough to have stopped whatever came for him mm-hmm. yeah or or maybe another way of looking at that is to still to still be living while something mighty enough to kill him like they clearly are not as powerful as Oryx, and the fact that they are still alive when something mighty has shown up to kill him is like heresy in its own right. I yeah. was going to say if, the ultimate perversion of sword logic. If if Oryx was not allowed to exist, if Oryx was not strong enough to exist, then they shouldn't be either. Why are they still here? Uh, yeah. So that that could also be what they're kind of asking for forgiveness. Um. I do find one line in here interesting that seems to give us what Oryx's age was. Uh, they say, Oryx in whom is invested the authority of one billion years failure to die. Uh, which is a very Jesus roundabout Christ. way of saying Oryx hasn't, didn't die for a billion years. Uh, so when we say millennia, we literally, <laughs> we literally mean, mean it. millennias. Like, ten... Uh, so uh, oh, jesus christ i'm trying to 
a billion is a is a genuinely hard number for the human mind to comprehend. Mm -hmm. I, I read somewhere, and I, I, I don't know where I read this, but like anything past a four-digit number, the human mind has a has a hard time to to comprehend. And it goes both ways, like like four digits past the decimal either way yeah. is a, is a genuine hard number for the human mind to quantify. And and so like when like especially in movies when like they open the case and they're like this is twenty five million dollars and it's like takes up a whole case it's actually like two stacks of a hundred you know like it it's it's not a whole lot of it doesn't take up a whole lot of space but you know to quantify it in the human mind it's got to be a lot right so like it's mm -hmm. we've seen instances in Hollywood where it's been over exaggerated but that's that's Hollywood for you uh so yeah so one billion is 1,000 millennia. Oof. <laughs> That's take, generally take hard to process, yeah. Take a second. So a millennia is a thousand thousand years, okay? We are in the year 2022, okay? So imagine that times a thousand times a thousand that's Ouch. how old oryx is not sorry not times a thousand times a thousand because we we've been alive for or the, the earth is, or the, the our recorded history for right now is 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 obviously we have a little bit into bc so our recorded history is about six thousand years that goes from like the beginning, like the very mm -hmm. first thing of BC, like the, the first recorded history till now being 6,000 years. And we think that's ancient. Like we, we, we as like little kids of the, of the nineties are like, Oh my God, the forties, what the hell was that? And Oryx has been alive for a thousand thousand times that. Yeah. That's uh, it, it. It's hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> like it really is. It truly is. And we killed him. Yeah. <laughs> and we killed him. Like we were, we right. were the ending thing in 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 the in the timeline of Oryx. Like yep. something that has lived for a billion years was killed by a three-year-old like, guardian. You're dead. <laughs> three-year-old wow yeah you're not even wrong like that's <laughs> that was literally year three no not even a three two-year-old two, -year -old. two? Oh. <laughs> even even worse taking king was the second year of destiny <laughs> oh so yeah that's uh that's very interesting like the old was usurped by the very very new uh if that's not poetic i don't know what it is yeah so, all right, to, to try and get through the rest of these cryptolists, because um, some of them are quite long. Yes, um, that's fine. The second one... We'll plug some extra time tonight. Yeah, the, the second one here is entitled Endure. <laughs> As myth tells me to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> As I remind him, we're in different time zones. Um, <laughs> this is true. So the second one's called Endure. second one's called Endure. Saith Oryx, I have made preparations. If I am defeated, I know it will be because my understanding of the universe was incomplete. I know that I will fall to something mighty, something that craves might, something that loves which I love, which is principle and power. Versatile, protean need to adapt and endure. 
Um, so this this is mostly the entry from five eight. I'm reading. I was going to say this is this is very similar. So I'm reading to see. And this is where we theorize that that they they these may be updated entries of the old ones. So or that they they may be changed entries of the older ones. Yes and no. Uh Let's see here. So this is interesting. Um so this is mostly the same. the The first part of this is the same entry from uh, five eight, where Oryx is talking about you know if something beats me, it's going to be this big bad of the dark. Uh, yep. The ending has an additional line. Uh, so he's talking about I will uh, leave a book. They will read that book, seeking a weapon. They'll come to understand me, where I've been, who I, where I was going. Um, they will become me. I will become them. Each of us defeating the other, correcting the other. Uh, thus, I will live for it forever, with the additional line of "I mock secure." And if I look that up, there is one reference to "I mock secure," which as as in a name like "I I mock space secure." Uh, so it's or is in like "I am mocking something." Like it, it I is mock a name. The person secure. It is a name. Okay. Um, it is spelled A Y E space M A K space S I C U R. Okay. And if you do a look for it, there is exactly one thing that that references, and that is the twenty-fifth level in Marathon Infinity. Which is another bungee game. Uh, oh, come on. I'm trying to read if it has any particular meaning or if it's literally just the name of, of that area. Um That's 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 a that's a dick move. <laughs> I was expecting this huge like mind altering thing like, oh right, my god, yeah. this changes Oryx's death. Nah, we just we just reference a game we did like twenty years ago. Yeah, it I I don't see any significance outside of like it is the twenty fifth level and final level of Marathon Infinity. Um so I yeah, I'm not really sure what the significance is there, but it's included. Beginning of the Paraverse. Mm-hmm. I don't know Maybe anything. Maybe that's where Zur is getting all of his shit for the last <laughs> Two and a half months? Hey, you never know. I don't know anything about the marathon game. I have never played it. I've never even heard uh, of it. I'm not even going to lie. So I never even heard of it. I can't I can't draw any comparisons there. But there's an additional I part to this card. So that, that's kind of the first paragraph, okay. which is all stuff we knew of other than this one line. And then there's a second paragraph, which is the hive responding to Oryx's proclamation. Saith we the hive, Oryx our king is defeated in echo and in form, in world and in throne. His children are defeated, his tribute is cut off, his faithful son is fallen, his prodigal son entrapped and enervated by the will of thousands who would use him as bait for richer feed. Yet we survive in our thousands of billions. So numerous is our thriving mass that we could reach from the moon to the world and back to the moon if we stood upon each other's brows. We live on by the law that we were taught, the devouring of the unfree, and that law is manifest in our flesh. 
which is pared to bone by the knife of need and challenge. And we, in our thousands of billions, do possess a will. Let us test the testament of our king, who is Oryx. Let us challenge his legacy as he has challenged us. For there is no surer tribute to the dead than to kill all they left behind, so that the only so that only the invincible and necessary will remain. He was not invincible. Thus, we must ask after the necessity of his legacy and the need to obey his taboo. Was not Shivu Arath beheaded and yet summoned back by Oryx? Was not Savathun beheaded and yet conjured back by Oryx as well, who conspired with her cunning? I ought it must now be so. For if his legacy is true, it will come unto us and defeat our blasphemy. And if it is not, what we attempt cannot be blasphemy, for we have survived him and surpassed the power of his will. Ayat. So the hive. Holy shit. The, the hive are going arcane. First off, there's a shit ton of them. Yeah. Ten times a billion. So you remember that thing we said earlier? Yeah, thousands yeah, of that billions. Thousands, thousands of billions. billions. So over a bi- so this is over a trillion. Yes. There are over a trillion hive. And that's a hard number for people to understand. <laughs> so that's a thousand, thousand, thousand. They hive. they are this is gonna tangent a lot. Um, but I, I feel like I it's a say. really relevant example of, of what I think is going on here. So I was gonna say this this episode might go a little bit longer. <laughs> There is a wonderful book series that I really enjoy and, and recommend by an author named C.S. Friedman. Uh, it is called The Black Sun Rising is the name of the trilogy. And it, it's uh, sci-fi takes place on a planet that's not Earth. And this planet has a force that responds to human will. And generally its response to human will is by making their nightmares into real things which is great. Uh, right. But there's a particular character in that book, and this is not a spoiler because it's literally the beginning of the book. There's a particular p- character in that book that has the idea that if human willpower is affecting this world in a negative way, could we focus it on a particular subject in a positive way and also create that positive thing. His idea was essentially he created a, he created a religion that worshipped a god that did not exist with the hope that get, by getting enough people to believe in its existence, they would literally believe it into existence. I see where you're going with this. It's kind of what the Hive are doing here. They're saying... They're literally trying to believe Oryx back into existence. They're saying we have thousands of billions of us and we all have a will. And if we all focus our will to be bring Oryx back, then can we not summon him back the same way he did Shivu Arath and the same way he did Savathun? And even though... we still have no idea how, how he did that. And they even said, like, even in this entry, they were like, he killed them and then just willed them back. And they're, they're saying that even though it is considered heresy to revive something, because that is 
the uh, the, 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 the opposite of the sword opposite logic. Of sword logic. They're yep. saying, well, if if he died, then clearly his his understanding of the universe was incomplete. And so if we succeed in bringing him back because we outlived him, who is he to say that we are heretics? Like that that means that we're not. That proves that our way was better than his. Uh Dude, this is some fucking shit. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I have no other way to describe it. It's a then whole this is some lot of denial. <laughs> is what it is. It is. It's a hundred. It's it's a it's a it's a ton of denial. But I like that idea of like, if we just will, if if we will him back into existence, he will exist because our will is that strong. Like that's, and and then that the crazy thing is. That leaves that leaves it open for King's Fall to come back like that. The, now we're giving a canonic reason why King's Fall can come back. And the Hive are saying that the way that they're going to will him into existence is by killing those that that took his existence. Essentially, um, let me let me find the exact line here. Uh, I was trying to say, fight me, Hive. Let us test the testament of our king who is Oryx. Let us challenge his legacy as he has challenged us. For there is no surer tribute to the dead than to kill all they left behind, so that only the invincible and necessary will endure. So I think I think this is essentially giving rationale to the hive continuing their fight on humanity yeah. even after the death of Oryx, because they have decided in vast majorities, at least from the sounds of it, that if they kill humanity, like that will be tribute enough to bring Oryx back. That'll bring Oryx back. Yep. I, I like that train of thought too. I mean, and that, again, that gives, that's, that gives us more reason other than because video game, why are there still hive out there and why are we still fighting hive? Yeah. It's because now it's because Shivu Arath is all is kind of leading the charge but in addition to that yep. there's this belief that with enough death as tribute the they will will their king back into existence and that that's the other thing too is it talks about will of thousands it, it, that's we're not referencing we're not referencing uh zol no okay um they're talking about the because that was another interesting that was another entry that I kind of wanted to poke at a bit was the entry for um, uh, Whisper of the Worm. Okay. But that, that may end up being a... Yeah, we'll, we'll see where we get with these, um, where, where we yep. end up when we finish these. So uh, the next one is titled Dust, and it is such. Fill up your mouths. We fill them with dust. Let us remember the great feats of our king. In dust they are spoken, in dust of our skin. One day as the green eye stares, stars set behind the faraway spines left by the machine's failed injections, a knight of Oryx met a knight of Shivu Arath as they passed across the bridge in the Sea of Screams. To their north lay a strata of ossified corpses, tangled bones left by newborn beings, who had hatched into this overworld from the weeping, blistered souls of living worlds at the end of their sanity, only to become unanchored from the universe of matter and confuse their shapes with each other until they became one screaming interchange of bodies and died. 
Good God, run on sentences, Bungie. Com- <laughs> you can't just put a comma everywhere. <laughs> just throw, throw, throw a goddamn period in there. Ah. <laughs> uh. To their other north was an atoll of scriptures adrift on a sea of interpretations, gnawed at by heresies like white eels. To another north was one end of the bridge, and to the last north, the other end. All directions were north, but it was not at once obvious what lay at the northernmost place. North is towards Oryx, my king, said the first knight. No, said the second knight, Shivu Arath is victorious in all wars. North is towards my queen. Thus announced, they drew their blades and struggled. At first, the knight of Shivu Arath had the upper claw, though inex- through inexorable campaigns and the absolute mastery of upper ontological warfare, which is the method of war which converts strategy into an attack on the enemy's fundamental modes of being. Shivu Arath had claimed great swaths of Oryx's territories. But then the Knight of Oryx, first navigator of phase spaces, primogenitor of possibilities, gained the poise and the momentum. For Oryx was ever exploring and opening new spaces, and all that he discovered weighed more on his existence than all he had ever known and left behind. Oh boy. Um, so there's a lot more to this. It- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They're talking in a lot of riddles here that I'm, I'm trying to decipher as I'm saying them. I was, I was going to say, like, do we need Google Translates or... <laughs> Uh, let's 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 see here so the the general takeaway i'm trying to like dumb it down for myself um as much as anything right like try try to swallow this much information all at once yeah they're they're so two knights are on a bridge in the sea of screams um which is the space between ascendant planes this is referred to as the sea of screams um one knight is loyal to oryx the other knight is loyal to sivu arath they fight each other essentially because they're they're essentially saying like my interpretation i think this is very much like proverb kind of style i think so um my interpretation is one night is saying north the the direction we should follow the example we should follow is oryx and the other night is saying no oryx has fallen shivu arath has only ever been victorious she is the one we should follow and then there's there's two other north mentioned too. Yeah, so they mention um, one north has this what what I am envisioning as like a rat king of bodies of like uh, yep. of ossified bony bodies. Um, the other north is scriptures adrift on a sea of interpretations gnawed at by heresies like white eels. I think these are interpretations of war and knowledge. You know, the Absolutely. The, 100%. The bodies are war and the scriptures yep. are the seeking of knowledge. So again, Shiva Wrath yep. and Oryx. Um so these knights battle uh with their their various means that they learned from whichever one that they follow ontological weapons that turn strategy into yeah no that was that was pretty cool yeah yeah uh so they battled 
until their shields were broken and their uh, health eroded. They both toppled in exhaustion, but each had one more way to fight by claim of knowing the truth. Shivu Arath is more powerful, her knight claimed, for she held a territory in Oryx's mind even after she died. Saying Oryx was still thinking of her after her death, and that's how she was resurrected. Oryx is more powerful, his knight retorted, for he has gone into the deep alone of all the hive. He has spoken to that which is caustic to existence and returned with a loan of its power. He has even relaxed. He has even relaxed in its presence, for he is a friend to that which cannot be befriended. So the other saying, Oryx is more powerful because he's the only one that's ever talked to the darkness, and he's like comfortable around it. His his like bros. Yeah, right. <laughs> he and, he and the darkness are bros. They go to each other pool houses and everything. Perhaps the knight's weapon had cut through the thin membranes of reality and drawn a tear of prophecy from the a tear of prophecy from the eye of time, which fell into the knight's which fell into the knight's mouth. For the knight then said, And my king is so mighty in his weight of causality that all which succeeds him is in some way caused by him. Even his enemies in reacting to him ultimately obey the shape of his will, as a bandage must obey the shape of a wounded limb. So it is that the one who, mo- who most hates and fears my king will also be the one to find what he seeks. It is in this way only because it is this way only because it must be this way, Ayat. So this is an interesting thought. This knight is saying, "Yeah, the guardian, the 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 being that defeated Oryx, is only defeated Oryx and acted in those ways because Oryx was there, and therefore everything that happens after Oryx's death is still because of Oryx. Was still caused by Oryx meeting the guardian. Uh, Holy shit." Which the causality loop essentially. Yeah, it like it's very interesting to think about. Like, you know, Oryx was this event that everything before was caused by him, and everything after his presence will have only happened because of him. Uh these are the hive are very They're wow. very philosophical. They are. They're very philosophical. They're very they're 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 very circular logic too. They're like, well, this happened because this happened, but that second thing was because the first thing happened, and and it it's it's all that self fulfilling prophecy thing that like the sword logic is the sword logic because I mean, look at it. You you can break everything down to this idea of you know the first thing is no longer there, and you know because the the second thing interacted with the first thing, now it's a new third thing, and so neither one of them exists anymore. Like that's. The, there's a lot of wow, man. They are the hive are freaking deep, man. They are. So I just read the rest of this entry. It is super, super important. Um, oh, so I'm, I'm going to continue. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Now the other knight knew the sound of holy writ, but could not surrender the fight. Yes, Oryx was the first to know the deep. The knight of Shivu Arath said, "But first blood is not last blood. First to meet." 
the shape of shapes, is not the last to touch that secret face. Easy it may be to dismiss my queen for her blunt strength and simplicity, but she causes exhaustion in her enemies, which in a cosmos where existence may be maintained by will alone is the surest of killers. And as for your prophecy, I need not disprove it, for until it is true, it is only a boast. So his argument being, you know, <laughs> my, my queen makes people lose the will to live, uh, yeah. which is the only will we measure existence by. Right, and, like any other will, like who the hell cares? Even if you've lost your will, you're still alive, so you're still technically there. But in the sense of war, like you've lost the will to live, you are now dead. So, Complete death. So th- this is an interesting bit that leads into the, the last two paragraphs of this. Um, he says, as for your prophecy that Oryx, that the death of Oryx will also be, everything after the death of Oryx will also be of Oryx's doing. Um, as for your prophecy, I need not disprove it, for until it is true, it is only a boast. These knights are meeting each other before the death of Oryx, specifically before yep. the death of Crota, which is important. Ooh. Now neither knight had died, so they had both spoken truth. And so they knew that they had fought to an impasse. Thus they cast themselves from the bridge into the Sea of Screams below to see where the currents would bear them. Essentially, they came to the point of, we can't beat each other, so we're, we're going to toss ourselves over this bridge, and whoever lives was the one that was supposed to live, essentially. Yep. For this reason, a certain quantity of tribute did not reach one of Crota's champions at the necessary time, and that champion lost a duel with a sergeant of Shivu Arath, causing the loss of a great number of temples and tributaries, so that Crota, upon slaughtering many liars with his sword, judged it best to sleep and recover his debts. With his soul proxied in a material cask, so that he could use it as a pylon to return swiftly to the real. All afterwards proceeded as it must have proceeded. Ayat. So, these knights meeting each other and dueling. <laughs> fucking deep. <laughs> and, and tossing themselves off this bridge. The knight of Oryx is the one that died, is what's implied here. Because yep. the knight of Oryx died, its tribute didn't go to its its next you know level up which was intended level yeah which was one of crota's champions because it didn't have its power or full power crota's champion lost to shivu Arath's champion which then she essentially took a bunch of crota's uh like you know temples and and whatnot yeah she took a portion of his power and this caused Crota to put himself to sleep, to put himself to slumber, to regain some of his power. But he did it in such a way that he wanted to be able to come back to our plane, to the real world, quote unquote, um, quickly. Yep. And so instead of going to sleep in his throne world, he put his soul in a crystal. 
in an I I I think that would be the Oversoul crystal. Yep. He put his soul in a crystal to stay there. Which is what his that's that's what his sisters taught. Yep. So that his followers could just summon him out of the crystal and he would just be in the real world. Why this is all crazy, like this chain of events is is crazy to see. Um for anyone that was not playing D1 and was not playing D1 during the uh the Crota expansion, Darkest Below. I think it was Darkest Dark Below. Below. Yep. Um, this is explaining the reason why we were able to beat Crota, essentially. Yep. he Crota was underpowered because this one night law you know, died, which caused another death, which caused Shivu Arath to take a bunch of his tribute, which caused him to go to sleep, and we were able to defeat him in that we, we were able to destroy the crystal before he was summoned, and then we were able to go into his throne world and defeat a weakened Crota as the raid. All because of this little dispute between knights. This is, this is like, we're getting a lot of, like, canonic reasons why we, why we did stuff in D1. Like, that, that, that to me is... I think that's why it's super important that we cover this lore stuff, because... Mm-hmm. I a lot of this isn't shown in game, like oh yeah we beat Crota because video game and he's a raid boss. Now we have literal lore implicated reasons how not not just why but how and why we we killed who we did. Yeah, and and especially considering when this lore card came out, this lore card came out with Shadowkeep of Destiny two, the Book of Sorrows came out, and the Crota raid and King's Fall was all Destiny one year one and two of destiny one yep and we're now like just now some of these threads are are lining up um and actually we could go so far as to say this one dispute between knights and the result of indirect you know indirectly allowed us to defeat oryx as well because the only the the main weakening factor um against oryx was our us killing crota like crota was his biggest tribute so this knight died, which allowed us to indirectly kill Crota, which weakened Oryx and allowed us to kill Oryx, and all down to this these two knights on a bridge. See, this is a problem with trickle down economics. <laughs> you cut the you cut one thing off at its head, and it just trickles right back up. Say, the the bad trickles with the good. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the next entry, which is the fourth in this Cryptolith set, uh, is the Inundation of Hashladun, um, who is the uh, Hive Wizard that's part of the Shahan uh, quest. And, and the final boss of the um, Shadowkeep dungeon. Oh, you're right, you're right. No, no, no I was wrong. Navoda is from the Shahan quest on the Cosmic Drone. Ah, gotcha. Uh, yes, Hashladun is the, the final boss of the uh, Scarlet Keep um, dungeon. Or strike. 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 Dungeon is strike. somebody else. Yeah. Yep. The Inundation of Hashladun. 
scream of me, O thralls. Let the knights beat their weapons on their knees and tear at their plates. Let the wizards shout my name in the speech that sunders. Let my name come out of you like an itch comes out of the skin. I am Hashladun, spawn of Crota. From the day I spilled from the egg, I possessed great strength. I was huge of crest and thick of arm. I was a thrall who contended with knights. I was large as the storm is large upon the fundament, as grief is large among the grieving. Seeing this, my father said, Let this one be inundated in the old way of floods. Let her greatness be reduced to only what is greatest, for she has an excess, and excess is the capacity to be stringent stringently purified but i would not be taken to the floodplain i was afraid i contended with a hundred thralls and ten knights and was not beaten i contended with an ogre and i was exhausted only then did my father who is eater of hope who burned with the second hand melamu who trampled the netherworld as hooves trample hands come down from his throne saying, Do you love me so hugely as to defy my edict, and so test the verity of my will? Is this capacity you, in this capacity you are also great. Then he brought me in his embrace down to the deep place between worlds, where I was impaled in six places to the floodplain, and the waters rose over me, and I was inundated. Five times I was flooded. The first inundation is of bloodied hydrogen, which is like unto acid. The second inundation is of fire. The third inundation is of light, which is like unto the light of cloven atom. The fourth is secret and rattles the bones. The fifth is of words, and it aches at the joining place between flesh and worm. I was scoured, I was burnt, I was burnt again. I was tested on the rack of time. My flesh dissolved, it cracked and parted. It turned to black ash which peeled away. All the pain I had ever felt before would fit in one eyelash of that pain. Then I was left to die. But I broke the six impalements, and I crawled alone up the way to the outer world, gaunt, wounded missing eight in ten parts of what I had been, and I killed the first thing that I found, and I ate it all. Seeing the reduction of me appear before his throne, my father said, You are great now, and you cannot love me, for the parts of you that were mine have been taken from you, the parts that were his remain. I saw the melamu upon him, which is the light of God, and I assented, for I knew whence that light had come. I knew it for the light of Oryx, edge and point. And Crota cried out in joy and relief, and cut the sky and sent me forth, lost to him in triumph, never to enter his court again. So this is all just the birth of, ha- the birth and rise of Hashladun. Hiver fucked up. <laughs> like Hiver fucked up as shit, man. Like, the like oh you love me okay die i mean that you drown to death in hydrogen then fire then fucking like that that's literally I... how they show affection right is to try and that's weird and you know test their power to to see if they yep. survive uh 
So yeah, essentially that the, this is where Hashladoon came from. Um, yep. And now, now we we also mentioned uh, Navoda and and by proxy uh, um, Omnigul. Omnigul was the will of Crota. Uh, maybe the voice of Crota. Let me look. Maybe the voice of Crota. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because like there were there were so m- essentially if it was if if a hive shows up as um blank of crota or blank of oryx or blank of sabathun or whatever that means that they are part of their brood and they are giving tribute to whatever that master is direct tribute like everything trickles up to these guys and these guys directly feed that the hive the hive god that they are of yeah Uh, but man, it. to be strong enough to take on a hundred thralls and ten, and ten knights, knights as a thrall, like, yeah, and then be like, I'm gonna take on an ogre, and then finally be like, oh man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sleepy, kind of exhausted. Um, can I catch a break? No, you're gonna get drowned to death six times. Okay, just saying, I could use a break. And then she broke out of that, and then Crota yeah. was like. Okay, you survived all of this, so I now recognize you as truly being powerful, and because of that, you can never be here again. They didn't. I'm kicking you out. Yep. Get a job. <laughs> you've turned. You've turned 18. Get a real job. But I. I don't want to get a real job. I mean, look at what all I've done. I've did. I don't care. Get a job. Still not good enough. So Omnigal was the will of Crota. Will of Crota. Yep, so you were right there. Um, Yeah. So there's only one card left from the Cryptolith messages. All right. It is titled Poison, and it is as follows. Oryx is dead. To deny this is to drink strong poison. Oryx is dead and his throne waits empty. To accept this is to accept blasphemy into our hearts. Our progenitor and forefather is vanquished. His court is scattered, his temples ransacked. The knights like hot stone are dead. The beasts like scarred bone are gone from his side. And his killers have not assumed the mantle of the taken king. How can our mighty king, the spear that pierced a hundred million lying lungs, be killed by those who would deny the all-edged truth? Is this the end of progress towards the final shape? Is this the... Oh, God. Enta uh, exuana, the fate worse than extinction? The triumph of the oldest doubt and the end of our way? Is it the incomprehensible fate which the needle-fingered one calls the fraying of the cord. No, we are the people of the real. We know the rod which separates the true from the dead. We know that whatever happens is so because it must be so. We accept that this has happened. Let me tell you what has happened. Our king of shapes has triumphed. The one who murdered him, who wielded his killer... 
who wielded his killers as a knife. She was once a liar drenched in the sky, but she came among us, the children of Oryx, and we cleaned the lies from her. We scoured the confusion and fear from her, and we gave her the clarity of our sight, and she devoted herself to the task of comprehending Oryx, learning and foreseeing him, thinking as he would think, knowing what he would know, becoming his one worthy enemy, and so becoming like him. How could she do anything but challenge him? And how, in challenging him, in seeking a way between his pits and riddles, could she walk any path but the path he made? The mark of him is upon her. She will always fear him. She will feel the wound of him in her mind as we feel his absence. She will seek out all that he valued. She will find all that he would have wanted found. And lo, what, what has she found? What has she found? The liars will come in their thousands and hundreds of thousands and slaughter us in our millions and tens of millions, and we will go rejoicing to our ends, for they are the blade he has appointed to whittle us into our shape, and she is the avatar he has chosen to mantle him. And even now we sail the course he plotted, for she has awakened the truth which answers the lies, and his will has delivered the liars to us as his final test. And he is still and now forever our king. We will ask him to return to us, and when we have pleased him, he will answer. This is Sabathun. No. No, 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 no. This is Eris. Okay. Oh, shit. So let, let me let me plead my case here. <clears throat> okay, so so in my head the whole liars and truth thing, like I was like, this is Sabathun, like let, let me plead my case. All about this is okay. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna come up with this badass fucking theory that's gonna blow my mind, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave crying. So I'm gonna but go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna read a few lines here, and then I'm gonna explain what my interpretation is. So okay. um, you know, our king of shapes has triumphed. The one who murdered him, who wielded his killers as a knife, she was once a liar drenched in the sky. But she came among us, the children of Oryx, and we cleaned the lies oh, from her. Shit. We scoured the confusion and fear from her and gave her the clarity of our sight. Oh, shit. So what, yep. they, what, the, hive are, what the hive are implying is that we, the guardians, were not the usurper of Oryx. That us killing him was not us usurping him, us being more powerful than him. We were simply the weapon that was wielded by the person that truly killed him, which is the person that yep. aimed us at him, which is Eris Morn. Which is Eris. Uh, and the whole, the whole of the sky and is now of us she walks among us she's taking the sight the third eye so f yeah, for no, for I'm anybody yeah damn it for for anybody that uh, is not familiar with Eris's story um she was once she was once a liar drenched in the sky uh, i believe the hive refer to anyone that is a guardian as a liar that that's how i'm reading this yep. that's um, like a perversion to the truth yeah yeah uh Eris was once a guardian 
Um, but she came among us, the children of Oryx, and we cleaned the lies from her. We scoured the confusion and fear from her. So uh, she went with a fire team down into the Hellmouth, uh, and her ghost was was killed. Um, she was the only survivor of her fire team, um, living, you know, for years under the moon in like the hive catacombs. Uh, presumably because of an Ahamkara bone. Presumably because she found an Ahamkara bone down there. Um, or maybe a worm bone. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Uh, if they're, if they're one in the same or close to one in the same, it oh, could be either or. Oh, shit. Uh, we gave her the clarity of our sight. Uh, in order to survive, Eris Morin literally replaced her eyes with the eyes of hive acolytes that she captured down in the Hellmouth. Um, to make to make the glowingness of her to to show that it, in a physical form that in the darkness down there. It is three eyes glowing, therefore the, the, the acolytes are recognizing another acolyte. Uh let's see. I I think there's actually a lore card with a reasoning here. Um I was just gonna say I, I think there's more to it than that, but I think that's the very basic idea of if I can make myself look like them, they will believe that I am them. So yeah, I'm trying to find some information here. Um, but I do like that idea of it's it's a it's a worm bone, not a ahamkara bone, because that just that I mean that means it's a hunger. That means there's a feeding that's happening there. So Eris, uh, let's see here, lunar tunners. Against all odds, she managed to survive in the Hellmouth shadowy warrens for years using the dark using the hive's own dark tactics against them despite her previous concerns about wielding weapons of darkness she lost her eyes to the hive but replaced them with those of an acolyte the third eye included uh 17 opulent scholarhood da, da, da. well i next next week's episode might be airs more the, there would be so much to go over. Uh, it'd be That's it'd be I'm a good saying. one. Like, um, like we're 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 pushing the two and a half hour mark now. <laughs> so here's here's a, a fun little bit um, that just further solidifies this. Um, so uh, what I'm getting at, the the hive are saying we the guardians were the weapon wielded by the true usurper, the person that obsessed over Oryx trying to find a way to end him they obsessed over him they learned everything they could about him and therefore learned everything that he would have wanted to learn and are finding value in everything that he would have found value in uh and that person is eris morn so she by all rights by what the hive are are saying could assume the mantle of the taken queen Oh shit! And I was I was thinking of it as a sense of like now now there is no oh shit. So then in that sense would be reborn as the taken queen in the eyes of the hive. So and just to to icing on the cake, um, 
from the opulent scholar hood of the season of opulence in Destiny 2. This is not the full reading, just a little bit here. The shadow of Earth sought out Eris Morn, a human with acolyte eyes and the majesty of a hive queen in her calcified heart, and said, Eris Morn, queen of the hive, I know one who can reteach you how to feel joy. Eris Morn said, What are you saying? I am no queen of the hive. My sworn purpose is to defeat the hive and the progenitors which spawned them. The shadow said, but what of your acolyte eyes? Eris replied, In my darkest hours I had no choice but to avail myself of my enemy's tools. So you are neither hive queen nor hive god? Eris replied, Neither am I. And the shadow responded, But could you be? And Eris responded, Could I? And that's that's the end of that. Jesus. So, granted, the opulent gear is all predictions made by Callus's scribes, and you know, yada yada. Not not a perfect prediction by any means. But both the Hive and Callus's scribes have come to the conclusion that Eris Morn could be the queen of the Hive if she so chose. Well, shit. There you go. That's it. That's that's the end of the Book of Sorrows and the history of the Hive from their their creation to where where we see them now. To yeah, to possibly their future. We know we know Eris. I was really thinking there was Savathun, but that's yeah, you're right. And we we know Eris plays a part in the Witch Queen because she's been in the trailers. She they had a voiceover for her in one of the trailers. So one uh, like one of the trailers at the end is like take back the truth, and it shows Eris, and the other one is is Ikora, and fuck, damn it, damn it. You know, we've talked before about kind of this like Grand Avengers moment where all of the different races come together to fight whatever oh. the darkness ends up being. We have the Cabal. We have the Fallen. I don't know if we'll ever have the Vex. Uh, unless Asher. Unless Asher can somehow like take control say, of the Vex in some way. And maybe, now. Maybe next season. And maybe now. Maybe Eris Morn accepts the mantle of the taken queen and is leads the hive as allies against whatever it is that's coming. All right. There's the prediction. You heard it here first people. When Eris Morn becomes queen of the hive, we have put the pieces together and this is the conclusion we have come to. So at the end of witch queen, when we kill Savathun, the the final quote unquote queen of the hive because let's face it Zebu Wrath is no one at this point in time or at any point in time Erisborn takes over and thus is queen of the hive and leads them in friendship to the table against the darkness crazier things have happened I mean we killed we've we've killed a worm god yeah Yep. And Rasputin was actually all of Rasputin all along, and 
Not at all, Charlemagne. <laughs> well, we don't. We 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 kind of choose to ignore that little bit of retcon, but yeah. <laughs> and and Rasputin shot the traveler. All right. Good night, folks. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks or for so says Oldred. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Books of Sorrows. Yeah. Uh, we we managed to cover it in eight parts. I j- we'll call it eight and a half parts. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe if we added up all the bits, extra bits, we probably squeeze a ninth episode out of this. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I'll start my thank yous, and then we'll we'll do a little bit of uh of of stock taking at the end of this. Um, so I, I'm going to lend my first thank you to the Bungie writers, like just flat out. You guys are badasses. Like, I don't, I don't know where you come up with these ideas or how you come up with like just enough to be like, okay, let's feed them this. And then, and just strew it across so much. Like, I mean, we're talking like all of this was, was collected across 50 different this is 50 different entries from is it 50 or 45 i think it might have been 45 um entries from the calcified fragments uh and then the touch of malice then the end of king's fall like that's that's nuts to have this just just hidden amongst the for us as guard for us as the player to just come happen across and find and then to read it like to take the time and read it and then to have someone like Mylan games to curate it all together and be like, this is what is important as far as the history of the hive go like, holy shit. Thank you. Um, which by proxy now leads to my thank you to Mylan games. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he's a very big lore person. Uh, he helped curate the, uh, I, I believe all the grimoire books, uh, um, one through three, yeah, one through one three, through three for sure. Yep. Um, okay. he he stated in uh one of his videos that he was not uh part of the team that created the fourth one, although he, uh, from my understanding, kind of laid the outline for uh I think five books actually. So, uh, some of his work may have been used in the creation of that. Five <laughs> uh yeah so like thank you mylan uh for for i i yeah thank you if if y'all don't if y'all get a chance uh being y'all being our listeners uh go check him out he's on youtube um i'm sure he's got twitch and podcast and all the other stuff and instagram and twitters and we the two of us myth and i are too old to know of the the usefulness of the twitters um so thank you for us being old. Um, yeah, I I don't thank you, Eris, maybe because the next queen of the hive, I guess. I don't I don't know. Thank you, Tolan, yeah. for just being a jackass. <laughs> um, Freaking Tolan. Uh, yeah. I I. Thank you, thank you, Mystic Penguin fifteen for being our guest host uh, and our introducer tonight. Um, please don't kill me if I've woken you up tonight. Uh, and of course, thank you, Myth, for giving us giving the idea of doing this entire Books of Sorrow and and being the reader of the Books of Sorrow. 
well, and having the greater ideas than I have because my <laughs> ideas are shit and your ideas are fucking awesome and I can't deny them. Your ideas are not shit. They are just the gasoline to the spark of my idea. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. God damn it. Even even my shitty idea of being a shit idea was a good idea for you. And let on God damn it. <laughs> I don't know how to take a compliment, god damn it. <laughs> Could take a goddamn compliment and shove it up your butt. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's us. Uh, Myth, you got any? Any? Goddammit. <laughs> Myth, you got any thank yous? Uh, I mean, you've you've covered most of them as usual. Uh, I say, I will say thank you to uh, any and all of the listeners that have tuned in to any part of this series. Um, it has been. Much longer than I think we ever intended the Books of Sorrow to go, but I think I don't think that there's really much we could have uh, trimmed the fat on. I think all of our oh, discussions no. were relevant and and at least hopefully entertaining, if nothing else. So I I definitely think I might actually go back through and listen to all these in order. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking we're talking ten hours worth of content. In, or no, eighteen hours worth of content in just these yeah. <laughs> this series of of books of dark book books of shadow, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'm excited to keep this going. Um, yeah. as far as like uh, what the next episode's going to be, uh, I have a few ideas myself. Uh, obviously, Myth and I will discuss them and figure out which way we're going we want to go. Um, I'd I'd love to cover Eris Morn and and all that like as we're going into Witch Queen because I think that's going to be super relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to cover maybe a little bit of um, maybe do some housekeeping on 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 uh, Coria, uh, but she yeah. since since we do now finally have a physical copy of uh, Mara Center and uh, and we plan on re-recording those in in possibly a longer format. Um, and and covering that in depth, Coria, Coria, and the um, Truth to Power book may be folded in with that because that's obviously relevant to the Dreaming City, but also relevant to you know the whole season of the Splicer and mm-hmm. and what's going on with that and all. And obviously, we talked about Coria in here at and in, in Mass. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I I don't have anything else. Myth, you got anything? No, I think that's good. Sweet. Well, then from all of us Lord Nerds to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next week.